Welcome back, everyone. Your resident imposter here, Taylor. I'm joined with my main chick, Monica. Also um, imposter. Also imposter for life. And um, Monica, do you have something to tell us? Do you have something to share with the class? Um. <laughs> yeah. So I've been, I've been a little sneaky. I've sneaky been, girl? I've been withholding. <gasps> A little bit of information the past few episodes. To be fair, it's, you know, it's summertime. We've, we've missed a a couple of weeks because we're busy living our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've, uh, I've been on an interesting journey um, since I would say like end of, or mm, no, like mid July um, that has, uh, that has come to fruition recently and I would like to share with the class that I am going to be joining my friend and fellow imposter, Taylor, at Square, uh, starting in October. Woo! We got her! And, yeah, so we're, um, I have uh, about 18 minutes until my next meeting, so we are going to record just a quick a little recap of what my experience was like. Um, I just uh, told my my teams at at Headspace today, which is really, really tough. Um, I feel like it's a lot of emotions have uh, kind of been hitting me this week. Um, So before we even begin, shout out to Pramal. I know he's a listener and honestly could not have asked for a better teammate uh, at any point in my Shout career. Out Shout out Pramal to Pramal. Is a true OG. Gave me just the kindest words when mm-hmm. I left too. And I was bawling my eyes out. And he's been there, well, since, since like basically right around when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, you all have been together on that team. What was it like having to break the news to Pramal among other teammates? Very, very difficult. It was very difficult. Um, he and and my manager, who I've also had an amazing experience uh, working with him, probably were two of the biggest reasons why I have stayed at, at Headspace so long and why it made it such a difficult decision. Like, I really, really believe that the team that you are working with makes all the difference in terms of um, what your day-to-day looks like, what your morale looks like. Uh, And I've been so lucky to have worked with like such great people um, and do awesome things. uh, Some of which I'm still in the middle of because my last day is October 1st and I've got a heck of a lot of work to do before then. Um, But, but anyway, so rewinding a bit back to, uh, can I rewind, can I rewind even before July? Because, um, not to not to blow your cover, but we've been talking about this for a while. Um, yeah. Obviously, when I was interviewing, mm-hmm. and um, and I think you are someone who you know thinks through decisions, takes a little bit longer to like make important big decisions. Sometimes, not, yeah, which is not a bad thing. That's like you know you're very rational and you know do your due diligence before making decisions. And I know you really wanted to. 
I think you, I think you gave it your best try of like, I, I want to make head, like nothing was really wrong. And it's like, nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong. Can I stay and like still be fulfilled and happy? And can Mm -hmm. I kind of like just be somewhere where I feel comfortable? And I think, um, yeah, talk us through like that thought process of even like how you were like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interview. I'm gonna try to move on. So there were a few things. It always has sort of weighed in the back of my mind that like, I, I started at Headspace as an intern over five years ago with the scope of the engineering team and the entire product was really, really different at that point. It was a much smaller, scrappier team. Um, and they brought me onto Android. I had no idea what the heck I was doing, but I grew, I mean, I grew a lot there. I owe them so much, uh, for that opportunity and but it always sort of bothered me because coming in as an as an intern my we talked a lot about your all of your interview rounds Taylor and how time consuming and stressful technical interviews are for engineering roles and coming in as an intern I had I had maybe a one hour very mild technical interview and then a chat with uh the uh, the guy who was the VP at the time. And so it was really, really not at scale with what you went through, with what I went through. And I always had, you know, just this sort of lingering doubt in my mind, like, could I get a job at another company? Like, is my knowledge only applicable to Headspace? Am I an engineer like outside of headspace five years is a really long time to stay as at least from what I've seen at a at a tech company I think especially when it's your first professional role as a engineer which this was for me um and it's not to say that like I would have jumped ship sooner if I I don't know like had more self-confidence like I'm not I'm not saying that at all um because headspace has been so, so good to me and is such a wonderful place to be. Um, but that nagging feeling, that sense of like yearning for that validation external to um, my only frame of reference was always there. Um, but at the same time, it was a push-pull because the thought of, you know, the technical interview process is so, so daunting. And how the heck do you do that while balancing like a full-time job as well? And so I, you know, obviously was inspired um, by <laughs> by your journey as as one should be, and so it happened. Sort of, I was never actually f- focused on leaving Headspace. It didn't start out that way. I was focused on just going through the interview process and proving to myself, like ripping off a band aid. I think yeah. I even said to you in the beginning, like I'm expecting to fail. I need to fail to prove to myself that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, That it's not the end of the world. If I don't pass a technical bar and it doesn't say anything about me and my capabilities, it just says that, you know, in that exact moment, I wasn't the right fit for the role. Um, so I sort of like took the leap and just randomly on LinkedIn, one day decided to respond to a recruiter who reached out to me, uh, which was at this um, company, sort of a small fintech company uh, based in Los Angeles. 
and I started the process with them. She, she was great. And she gave me, um, a hint about what the next interview would entail technically. Um, she said it was tech agnostic. So I assumed it would probably be one of my favorite, uh, data structure algorithm, uh, type questions. So based on that knowledge and sort of the little hint she gave me, I, I prepared as such. Um, and, and that ended up going like pretty well. Like I was very surprised, uh, surprised myself. Um, and I think that sort of like set the stage for me to get the ball rolling so that, you know, around the, a couple of days later, when another recruiter, um, from Tinder reached out to me, I was like, I'm on fire. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll talk to these people too. Again, never even with the in, intention of leaving headspace, just more with the intention of like building my, my self-confidence and validation. Um, but then I also had a great experience with the first round of the Tinder interview um, and actually really, really liked the team. I didn't know anything about the team. I've never used the app before. I knew obviously it's a, it's a dating app. Um, wow, what a brag, what a brag. <laughs> never had to use dating apps. um that's another that's another podcast episode listen we're on a tight schedule I have have 15 minutes left to divulge all my uh my whole interview story um and but the the team was amazing um there without me even needing to ask up front um there were always women in my panel I think more women than men also their attrition is um super low. Like all the people I talked to had been there four or five years. Um, and, and I, and meeting that team was like incredible. I thought that the interview process, uh, was, was also like very well thought out. And so I would say probably around when I was scheduling my, um, second round, I guess my onsite, even though it wasn't an actual onsite with Tinder was when I started to, really think about a life outside of headspace having met some people and talked to another team and heard about some of the challenge they were solving and thinking like oh okay like that actually does sound um challenging but not like terrifying uh and also kind of exciting and um and i think that was also around the time when you were like bugging me being like hey you should talk to square hey can i can yeah. I put you in touch with the square? Can I put, and at first I was like, no, Taylor, like, I, like I have to get through these two interviews first so that I can just like use it as practice. And then, yeah. Um, but you finally convinced me. And, um, and so one day I was, I just said, yeah. And so I, I started that process too. So I had three at the height of all it, three, um, sort of irons in the fire, um, which, was challenging. Um, but I, I somehow sort of muscled through and still, uh, I think also because, uh, Headspace is so great giving us like, um, mind days every other Friday that was, I was interviewing pretty much every mind day for all of last month and this month. Um, just to, you know, I was, it was really important to me to not I'm in the middle of a big project at Headspace too. So it was really important to me to not uh, drop the ball um, at work uh, as well. Cause I still wasn't really convinced that I was even planning on leaving. 
Um, Square's interview process was like a little bit different in that it was a, a take home. I had obviously more time to do that. It was one less interview that I had to figure out <clears throat> when to schedule. And that made it a little bit more manageable. Um, and fast forward, you know, a couple of weeks and a lot of hours spent, you know, over my computer reviewing Android app architecture and like rebuilding all of these like little sample. I think I built like the same or variations of the same sample app, maybe like 10, 20 times, just like <laughs> with little, with little tweaks here and there. Like sometimes we're going to use this navigation library. Sometimes we're going to do it the old fashioned way. Like sometimes we're going to use dependency injection. Sometimes we're not. Um, I just wanted to be so prepared for whatever anyone threw at me in any interview. And just, I'm used to doing things like a certain way at work. And because, you know, we work on a big production scale application, there's a lot of things I don't even have to think about. Our dependency injection framework is built out, like our um, our data binding, the way that we, you know, send data to the UI is all built out. Like I haven't had to build these things from scratch or really think about like how they interop or what the benefits or trade-offs are. Um, so if nothing else, I feel like I learned a lot more about Android development and best practices like within the last month as well. Um, although I will say it's not at all sustainable um, to be like studying and, and interviewing all like waking hours a day, especially also not when you have like a little puppy, which I've also <laughs> had since May. Um, but fast forward uh, sort of to the, the final rounds, um, of technical, I ended up um, thinking that Tinder and Square were probably the best uh, options where I could really see myself if I wasn't going to be at Headspace. So I made the difficult decision to to drop out of the interview round um, of my final round with the uh, with the fintech company who first reached out to me uh, so that I could have time to schedule the the final round Tinder interview. Um, and I ended up getting offers from both, which was amazing considering I went into this process thinking I wasn't going to get meet the technical bar at like anywhere that I interviewed, um, or that they would offer me like, I don't know, like a junior position or like an, or an internship or something. Um, an internship, so, <laughs> a, vol- <laughs> a volunteer position, um, but I, I ended up getting two really good offers and having a really, really difficult decision to make. I think that once, um, once both offers came in and I had had a chance to really, really talk in depth um, with people from respective teams with both of the recruiters a lot. Um, and also both are, are publicly traded companies. So also to look, you know, kind of at valuation and, and potential outlook of both was around the time that I decided, okay, I think I'm ready to leave Headspace. I think there's some good opportunities out there uh, for my own personal 
growth and, and development. Um, and then it came down to deciding between the two offers, um, which was tough. It took me like almost a week to decide. And during that time, I met with some more people um, on the team at Square. And I had a lot of conversations um, with, with Tinder as well. And ultimately, I chose Square. Um, and not me. just, not, I know. Well, I, I was really like, it was tough. Um, and I chose Square, not just because Taylor works there. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't even, I, a, I really tried to stay out of it because I didn't want you did. You did a really, well, you did a really good job. I didn't want you to um, feel pressured to come here just because I'm here. Yeah. And like, obviously I would want, I wanted you to, but I wanted you to go where you wanted. So I was kind of like, you're like, I'm going to think about it every week. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> um, but, but ultimately I, I chose Square because at the end of the day, I wanted the most different experience I could get from where I'm at now. And Square is a huge company. They have a bunch of different apps and they have a ginormous engineering team and also just a lot more structure, a lot more, I think, formality um, than Headspace and, and also than Tinder based on the conversations that they have. Uh, there's a, a big culture around documentation, um, which we've talked about documentation um, on this uh, podcast before. And, uh, you know, I, it can be very difficult and, and painstaking to write, but having seen the other side where, you know, you're working on something and there is no documentation and, you know, the person who built the original version of it left four months ago. Uh, I think it's really important to have that. And, and just the, the formality, um, their growth framework is, is excellent and it's also public. Uh, so they were sharing that with me before I even went to the onsite to familiarize myself with that. Um, and I mean, especially for Android uh, and I think for iOS too, but for Android, I was familiar with them before I even knew them as like kind of the market leader in as uh, a payment processor. But for all of the open source projects that they do um, that we've always used uh, in the Headspace project that also I, you know, use on all of my little like side projects as well. So it was, it felt based on what I was looking for, which is to really grow and, and develop into the strongest IC possible, that that was going to be the best fit. Yeah. I am so happy. So, so happy that you're coming over to the other side. Um, yeah. I, I think like for you, like a lot, it was such a, like a part like 80% of the battle was just doing the interviews and like not having too much self-doubt of like, mm -hmm. like even after you would text me be like, uh Oh, I did this. I did this. I'd be like, I'm sure you're fine. Like, it's fine. Or like, Oh no, they know, they know I practiced. It's like, no, like they should, should practice. You know, <laughs> they know I practiced. <laughs> They know I didn't just invent this dependency injection framework setup. <laughs> and they, I, the same thing happened to me where I remember recruiters would be like, give you a hint. And then you yeah. would be like, based on that hint, I think it's going to be this problem. And then you'd go look at that problem and 
and practice it and then you would do it. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't yeah. mean you're a bad engineer because you memorize the problem. Like that's just how you prepare for those interviews. And of course, um, and yeah, it was, I think it was a good lesson for you and for everyone listening. Like, yeah, don't let that self doubt, like overpower you. Like sometimes you have to like throw yourself into it and yeah, feel like you failed and then not fail to be like, okay, yeah, I'm, my bar is like too high for myself or, you know, I think we, we tend to make, if we make one mistake or we know we stumbled over one part, we're like, shoot, we blew it, but no interviewer is expecting you to come out perfect. I think the interviewer in most cases, like wants you to succeed. They're not like, they do for ways to ding you. And I think that's like a good mental shift to do, to not be like, oh, I did this one thing. So I must be out of, I must be disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. And, And what's interesting also with, with both of these roles, um, is that they're, they're just hiring. It's not like there's a specific, yeah, like single Android role, single iOS role, or even like one or two that they need to fill. They're just growing the team. So I think that that also plays a lot into it too. Like, I mean, it's where you don't even interview for a specific, you know, like junior, mid, senior staff level. You do the interview and then based on your performance, then, you know, that is determined later on, um, which I really like, uh, and, and think was cool. Tenor was different. That was actually like a senior Mm -hmm. level position. Um, but, but again, they were, I think just hiring, not for a, just one specific role to fill. Yeah. And, and you alluded to like, kind of the public growth framework and they're also mm-hmm. public salary bands. So we know for the level yeah. that we're in, like we know the low end and the high end of the salary and where we fall and like what we can expect within that band. And it's really clear, like even I in the past week have looked at my independent like growth framework. Um, I forget what it stands, what IDP stands for. It stands for something, something about performance, individual performance, something development. Um, but I'm going through and marking my competent, my competencies on that mm-hmm. level for that level and for the level above me. Um, and then we go over that every six weeks or something. So it's definitely something top of mind. There's a framework that everyone follows and everyone makes within that salary. Mm-hmm. You don't have someone, you know, making 20 grand higher than you in a, it, it, at your same level. Um, which, which definitely happens in, at some places where you can just negotiate, you know, maybe you have multiple offers. You say, I need this amount and they just give it to you. And then you're, you know, automatically at a advantage, you know, the whole time or a disadvantage depending on what side you're on, on that one. So that's totally. really comforting. You don't, they're, they're, you don't have to do a lot of extra work. You know, you just know that you kind of go through work hard, you know, what's expected, you know, where you stand and you don't have to like fight your way up the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's already built in. It feels supportive. It feels like you, it's, you know, there's people behind you, like helping you grow. And the expectation is that you will, it'll take time of course, Mm -hmm. but there's this like support system. Yeah. And I think I also thought that there wasn't going to be a place as at the same level of work-life balance as headspace. Cause obviously that's what we practice. You know, that's what we preach. Practice what you preach. Like mental health is super top of mind. And I just never thought that other tech companies would honor that in the same way, but I've totally seen that they do. Like, it feels exactly the same. Obviously I'm more stressed because I want to prove myself, 
and do well, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's cool to know. Yeah. It's cool to not feel like, Oh no, like no company is ever going to treat me as well as this one. Like you just really, you do your research, you suss it out by talking to people in the interviews. And then, you know, you, you find that there, there is another place that you can call home. And I'm so glad you did. And there we have it. That's my journey. That brings you up to date. Um, and stay tuned uh, for more adventures of the imposters uh, slash coworkers. The Square Imposters. Maybe Square will will sponsor our podcast now. And um, I don't know. Maybe it'll really go places. It's going places regardless. It's going places regardless. Um, all right. I will. Everyone. Everyone leave a a five-star review to congratulate Monica on this milestone in her life. Thank Um, you. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate (laughs) it. Not necessary, but much appreciated. And let me know if you um, are interested in Square and want to talk about it and or want a referral because this is what I'm doing now. I'm getting everyone that I like to come work with me. Um, So yeah, Uh, you know, my LinkedIn DMs are open. Come on in. All right, we will catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.